Welcome to another episode of the Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur with your host, Sharon Wilson, founder and chief inspiration officer of Coaching from Spirit Institute and master spiritual business mentor. The intention of this show is to provide transformational tips, tools, strategies, and resources that support and empower you to soar and shine in your business now. Enjoy. Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited you're listening in. I'm so excited for our guest today. In our talk today, she's going to be sharing about how to really clear the blocks, three key money blocks that you need to clear to double your income. So we all definitely are going to really be excited about that and really excited about activating that. So let me introduce you to our amazing guest today. She's a certified master coach and intuitive healer and holds a BA in psychology. And she blends her extensive transformational coaching experience, intuitive healing abilities with 15 years experience as an entrepreneur. And she's the creator of Money Beautifully, a proven program to clear your money blocks, where she uses powerful energy clearing techniques and meditations and transformational coaching to help people write a new story about money. She's the founder of Thrive Beautifully, a comprehensive business, money, and energy mastermind for spiritual entrepreneurs. And she helps change makers, visionary creatives, and spiritual leaders fulfill their soul's purpose and use their gifts to change the world. She overcame decades of self-limiting beliefs, which is so key, and negative patterns about money to live the life she was always meant to live. And she travels between Ibiza, London, and LA, helping creative and spiritual entrepreneurs manifest the resources they need so they can live the life they've always dreamed of and really give their greatest gifts to the world. So, so excited and grateful to have with us today, Polly Alexander. Polly, it's great to have you. Hi, Sharon. Thank you so much for inviting me on. I'm really excited for our conversation. Absolutely. So, uh, Polly, before we get started kind of diving into all of the things, the juiciness that you've brought with you here today for us to activate, uh, because my podcast is called The Spiritually Persistent Entrepreneur, and really that was a download, it was a a, a divine download to, to start the podcast, to call it that, and to ask each guest, what does being a spiritually persistent entrepreneur mean to you, Polly? Mm, I love that the title was a divine download. Mm. Really love those. Um, So I think in essence, it means being willing to discover and use our gifts to contribute to the world and to it being a better place. So that's what it means to me. But the reality, I think, is about being willing to do the deep inner work And to be an entrepreneur, let alone a spiritually persistent entrepreneur, it requires you really having to overcome your past, forgive others and yourself for your past mistakes. It requires you to be willing to get out of your own way um, and to change the focus away from you onto who you can serve and how you can help. Um, It requires huge amounts of tenacity, persistence, and perseverance. Mm-hmm. And I did a, an Akashic Records reading for myself when I learned how to do this. And of my life lessons, the first one was inner authority. And mm-hmm. I think that's something we all need. It's like learning to trust yourself, mm-hmm. trust your ideas, trust your downloads, mm-hmm. um, trust your wisdom. And then my 
next life lessons were secondly patience mm. i think it requires no, a lot of patience. <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you that right now <laughs> right okay <laughs> you resonate um the third one is perseverance mm-hmm. which I feel like i've been given so many opportunities to persevere when things haven't worked mm-hmm. they've worked really slowly they've taken forever to manifest mm-hmm. yes, i like when I learned this, it made so much sense. It brought so much context. I'm like, oh, okay, so it was a spiritual lesson. And then the fourth one is surrender. Mm-hmm. And so for me personally, being a spiritual persistent entrepreneur means trusting my inner authority. It means patience. Mm-hmm. It means pers- perseverance. And it means surrender. And I think that they, those qualities actually apply to everybody. Oh, absolutely. Path. I was going to say that just uh, sums it up perfectly. So, well, I really appreciate that. And we want to talk more and just really kind of, you know, you and I spoke about uh, just having a first layer here because the what you're, what you're supporting people on and you being really an activator to help people in this way is just so key because this is um, really what holds entrepreneurs back. And, and in my experience, you know, all for all of us is really those those core messages and and really the opportunity to be able to rewrite them and reprogram them. So let's talk a little bit about that and uh, about w- what creating a, a new relationship with money really means and how to do that. So tell us a little bit about, more about that. Yeah, and I think it's such a shame because there's so many talented mm-hmm. um, spiritual entrepreneurs out in the world who are not having the impact with their gifts Mm -hmm. um, because of their story around money and themselves. And so they can be brilliant at what they do, but they're impacting so few people. You know, they're hiding or they don't have the resources to scale their business or take their work to more people. Mm -hmm. So I think it's like so important, not just for ourselves to grow and expand, but in order to grow and expand the impact of our work in the world. So I think that money is really a spiritual journey. And there's two key concepts I've found that our relationship with money um, breaks into. One is there's not enough. There's just mm-hmm. not enough in the world. Right. And the second is I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the there's not enough is things like there's too much competition, there's already too many people that do what I do, or there's not enough demand for my services. Um, There's not enough money for me to train or invest in myself. Just this whole idea that there's just not enough in the world. Mm -hmm. And then that I'm not enough. um, It's, you know, it's like I'm not good enough, essentially. Mm -hmm. The programming that so many of us carry, whether it's inherited, whether it's from our childhood, Um, adult experiences but this idea that we're just not enough um, to live a truly abundant life or to do what we really want to do and make money Mm -hmm. and rewriting our relationship with money means breaking these two paradigms that there is enough there is enough opportunity there is enough possibility there is enough support for you there is more than enough clients and money and breaking the paradigm of I'm not enough to believe in your gifts to believe in what you have to offer um, to believe that you're smart enough you're gifted enough um, all of these stories we tell ourselves um, but to grow our worth 
to a point that we believe that it is possible for us to live truly abundantly in alignment with what we love and how we choose to live and make a difference. So it's kind of shifting our relationship with money is about shifting our relationship with ourselves mm-hmm. and also with what's possible. Right. Well, that is just so key. And I just love how you've really streamlined that, you know, there's not enough money, there's and I'm not enough. It's really all about the the lack energy that's activated. Right. So totally, totally. I love how you've really brought that home and and really begin to help people see, okay, which of those things, you know, really are kind of the dominant patterns in their story, right? As we're talking to people, I want everyone to really kind of get a feel for where are the more dominant patterns in one of those areas and maybe in both of those areas and that's okay. And I think it's really important for people to just be real gentle with themselves about this topic, you know, and, and to know that, you know, I think a lot of times people beat up on themselves and say, look, I can't even do this thing right. Like get rid of these beliefs. I've been through programs. I've done all kinds of stuff and I still can't do it. So why is it essential to detach yourself worth from your net worth that you say that's one of your, you know, one of your philosophies? Can you share more about that with folks? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we project so many things onto money. Mm-hmm. It's really just an energy or a neutral substance, but we project all sorts of things like our worth. Um, we project our ideas about the world. It's so much meaning we project onto money from society, from our families, um, from our own journeys, from past lives, all sorts of places. But um, at the core of it is we are not um, how much money we're making. Mm-hmm. we're not how successful we are and I think that our whole society leads us to basically believe that we're our worth externally so our home um, our job or our business how well it's doing or where we are um, our possessions our appearance our lifestyle it's so easy to attach our self-worth to how those things are. Oh, I've got a good house, therefore I'm worthy. Oh, I've got a good job, I'm worthy. My business did well this month or this year, so I'm worthy. Mm-hmm. I feel good about myself when these things are working. And I think what we're really looking to do, I believe we are, is to detach our self-worth from our net worth so that instead of feeling good about ourselves when we get a pay rise or when we have a really big month and then we have a you know, we lose a job or we have not a great month in our business and then we feel really bad because the money didn't come in. So when we attach our self-worth to how much money is coming in or how much we've got, it yo-yos up and down. Mm-hmm. If it's there, we feel really good. We feel we're worthy. If it's not there, we feel terrible about ourselves. And so on this um, journey of changing our relationship with money, I believe that we do need to increase our self-worth through being compassionate with ourselves, through recognizing our gifts, um, through many different ways of increasing our self-worth. But we also need to be able to detach our self-worth from our net worth so that how we feel about ourselves is not dependent on how much money is in the bank or how much we made this month or year. Right. I know you have something you're going to be providing people at the end that will help them do that. So I want people to know that, you know, that that's coming. You've got some real tangible things that people can start doing right 
after they uh, listen to this episode. So um, absolutely, so we'll be sharing pe- with that with people in a few minutes. So um, Polly, tell us about why healing our family money story is so important so we can break free uh, and, and really break through the income ceiling because so often, you know, we have this kind of uh, this, this limited place or this maximum place or this ceiling or this, you know, temperature, this thermometer, or this wealth thermometer or whatever, where whatever people have called it before. But I mean, it really is sort of, you know, this place where it just seems like you can't really break through. So talk a little bit more about that and what folks can do to begin to start, first of all, just recognizing what's going on with that and how they can begin to start changing that. Yeah. So I'll speak to that income ceiling from the lens of family. Okay. Um, So your relationship with money is often determined by the relationship that your ancestors had with money. Mm Mm-hmm. So looking at what were their life experiences around money, how did they earn money? How did they spend it? Um, And what kind of times did they live through? So my own parents lived through a war. Mm -hmm. My my mother was in her mother's womb growing in the air raid shelters when bombs were dropping around. And that's how she was coming into the world with that level of fear and scarcity. Mm -hmm. Maybe your family lived through the Great Depression or through war, or through economic decline. Mm-hmm. And so these type of experiences and traumas can be stored in the DNA and cells, and then they're passed down to us. And we're looking at what we're doing, and we can't make sense of why we keep repeating these patterns. And a lot of the time, it's actually not your own pattern. You've just inherited it. And so it's deeply, deeply buried and unconscious. And that's what the energy clearing meditation I've got to share with your listeners will start to work into. These pieces that you can't reach (laughs) consciously, Mm -hmm. um, which have an impact. Um, In families where I've seen like people start to try to start businesses or maybe had big losses of land or property or fighting within families around inheritance, which is really common. Those type of um, sort of money traumas or money dramas in a family, they can lead you to unconsciously push money away, um, avoid it, or feel unworthy of it, or feel guilty about it. Um, If your parents, quite common now, there's a lot of um, immigration in the world. If they've moved from one country to another and perhaps started from nothing, you can still have this kind of imprint of like, I come from a long line of poor people or poverty is just, you know, who we are. And Mm -hmm. there can even be a pride in that. I've worked with clients who are kind of holding on to that pride of like, we'll survive, you know, we we may not have much, but we're proud and we're good people. Mm -hmm. So these ancestral patterns are held deep in the subconscious mind. And I find that if someone keeps repeating a pattern or hitting a ceiling, Um, that even though they seem to be doing everything right, that's when there's a deeper subconscious pattern that's likely at play. Now, do you also find that the uh, ancestral patterns uh, could be ancestral um, events or things that we're not even aware of? So, you know, for example, maybe we know 
about our parents and maybe we even know a little bit about our grandparents and, and oftentimes we don't really even know that much about them when it comes to their money story. But do you feel that it can even be more and, you know, further back ancestrally uh, connected where you don't even realize that that's been a pattern that's been going on, you know, for generations or I'm just curious, that popped in my head to ask you that. So. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, And when I intuitively read people, when I'm working with my groups um, and I'll tune into someone, I'll often be shown like an ancestral pattern. Mm -hmm. Maybe they always keep losing money through divorce or they keep losing land through through poor business deals. Um, And that can be passed down. So yes, absolutely is the answer to that. I might actually share, um, I was working with a client um, this week on who's just inherited a million dollars and was feeling really bad about it. If you want, I can share a bit about sure. what we found. Yeah, that'd be great. So she came to me and she said, I'm, 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 my mother's just died. I'm about to inherit a million dollars and I feel really guilty about it. Mm-hmm. I feel really bad. She said, it's making me feel sick. I said, okay, interesting. So uh, we looked, I looked into it and for the beliefs that were going on. And there were like four key themes. So this is really like a fascinating picture, I think, of how it builds up. Mm-hmm. So there was this feeling that the, the money was dirty mm-hmm. and the money came from suffering. And this is quite common with people who inherit because the money's come as a result of someone dying. Mm-hmm. Um, there can be this kind of like feeling of shame or guilt around the money that it's come through a negative energy and so what we have to do is clear up the energy around that money and mm-hmm. um, when I talked to my client and I said I'm seeing that this money's dirty it's money it showed up the belief like um uh, what was the belief it was my money comes from suffer- the suffering of others that was it mm-hmm. and I said to her what's this my money comes from the suffering of others why is this showing up and she said wow well, this wealth, she said, originally came from land given to her ancestors for their part in war during the American Revolution. Mm. She said that the land was given as payment for serving in the U.S. Army. Mm-hmm. And since then, there's been blood and murder attached to the land. And there were actually murders way back in her inheritance um, by family members to get the inheritance. Right. And there was this pattern of family members waiting for the inheritance. And oh. so she said, yeah, there's always been this distaste and this kind of jealousy energy of people waiting for other people to die. Mm-hmm. And then what I picked up in the land, because the wealth originally came from land, there was um, the energy of battle and conflict in the land. So the money had come from essentially a negative energy of battle and loss. Um, and then we also identified that in the, the heritage, um, knowing the several hundred years that the family had been in this area, that actually some of the money came from slavery and exploitation. Wow. So it's very heavy, that energy, you know, just yeah. really um, very, very heavy, low vibrational energy with all of that. And and so that's very powerful. I wonder if you could speak to um, the whole idea of, of debt, 
you know, when we kind of look at the way the world is um, set up, you know, and um, particularly in um, the the Western uh, countries, you know, the, this whole idea, I mean, you're constantly being courted with, you know, credit cards and opportunities and all kinds of things, right? I mean, that that is something that has just become so much a part of the fabric, especially I would say in the United States uh, a lot. Um, and, and, you know, even to the extent um, that they uh, were coming to colleges and giving kids that, you know, were just graduating, didn't even have a job, you know, credit cards, you know, who had never managed credit before and, you know, and, and really didn't understand, you know, the mechanics of that. And I was wondering if you could speak to what your experience has been where, um, where someone, you know, continues to get into credit card debt. So, you know, maybe they get into credit card debt, they, you know, get a loan, they pay it all off again. And, you know, and they, they're doing really well. And then something happens and they fall back into that. And that, you know, that is a very common thing that occurs, you know, a lot when it comes to credit. But, and, and then of course, you know, then they feel bad about it, feel bad about it for themselves. It kind of pulls back into some of those beliefs. I just wondered if you had universally and working with clients and everything, if you had any um, thoughts on that, is that always, you know, different patterns that, that come up or do you kind of find it, you know, a theme overall? Um, what comes to mind, I have a client that I worked with who created an eight figure business and then lost it all Mm -hmm. and then recreated it. And what I've observed when people make money and then lose it, so repeat that pattern, uh, is because their belief system isn't matching where the income is. So if we on some level don't feel we're worthy of the money or deserving of it, we'll find a way to sabotage Mm-hmm. and take us back to the where our comfort zone is. Mm-hmm. But what about if it's a situation where maybe there hasn't been enough money? Because I've seen this with clients, you know, where, you know, where, where there, there hasn't been enough money. And so then they use credit, uh, credit cards and things like that. But then uh, I'm looking at more the idea that they, you know, they, they clear the slates of all of that. And then they're committed to not using the credit if they don't have the the money available, you know, to pay it. And then they find themselves back in that situation again. Have you ever had anyone you've worked with in that respect? It it just was Um, coming up recently. So uh, that's why it's on the top of my mind. It's the same thing. It's Uh basically their belief system hasn't changed. I see. So they're they're paying off the debt, but their belief system is still that they're not worthy, that they're not Uh, deserving of money, or that they're not enough on some level. I mean, there could be many different things. Mm -hmm. A lot of usually there's childhood trauma, there's safety issues, there's protection issues going on in this type of dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, But it varies from person to person. But basically, on some level, they don't feel worthy of living without debt if that makes sense. So they come out of it Mm -hmm. in the same way that the person that had all the money lost it. Mm -hmm. They're sort of lower down the scale, but it's the same pattern. So they got out of debt, but then they didn't on some level um, feel worthy or deserving of that Mm -hmm. level of abundance. So they recreated that pattern. And I think with spending, um, there's obviously habits, but there's also emotional comfort 
that we spend for. And so there can be patterns of feeling unnourished in other areas of life. And Mm -hmm. so using money as a way of nourishing, bringing comfort, um, bringing celebration, or maybe um, seeking approval from others um, for whatever they do with the money, perhaps, Mm -hmm. or trying to keep up with other people. Um, So there will be patterns that haven't been addressed. So then it just repeats. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's my thoughts on that. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting because as you said, this these are things that are uh, unconscious or maybe we have some sense of them, but they're they're deeper, you know, they're, they're, they're deeper tangles. And so a lot of times, you know, kind of traditional sort of things, you know, don't seem to really um, resolve it. You know, and what has been your experience with people too, where maybe they've, maybe they've, you know, gone to programs, uh, maybe, you know, maybe they've done, they've worked with counselors and then, you know, and then they still haven't fully resolved it. What is your sense of, of kind of what's happening there? Is it really the energetic patterns that you feel have not been addressed? Um, So I think there's several things. I think that it is an ongoing journey and blocks do reoccur. And with money blocks, as you rise up in income and move forwards in your expansion, blocks will often come up in new ways. So it's like, oh, that one again. Now it's coming up in a Uh, new way. Another another iteration of it. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't mean you haven't cleared or healed. That work has held, but you're rising and expanding. So it's bringing up a new aspect. Mm. Um, So that's one um, piece of it. Mm, That's powerful. Um, The second thing I would say is that a lot of us um, can try and a lot of positive thinking programs and things like that can try and force you into like, you know, the surface change. But mm-hmm. if your belief system's not aligned with it, it doesn't matter how many affirmations you say. And I know because I tried this. <laughs> right. Because you mean, took years. Yeah, I right. so many. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I love about it is that you were on this journey and, you know, and then, you know, you were able to move through it, but I mean, it was through a lot of, you know, hard work, a lot of, you know, you going through this process um, so that you could shorten the learning curve for everybody else, you know, that mm-hmm. you're supporting. So um, I, I definitely want you to come back because you had talked about doing a, a energy clearing. And so we'd love to have you come back and do that. Uh, but I know that you brought something, so maybe people could start with that. And then, you know, we'd love to have you come back and maybe they can start with what you're offering. And then, and that will lead up to having that, that uh, clearing or that channeled clearing be even more powerful. How, do, how does that sound? Yeah, sounds good. I mean, what on my journey, I was doing the conscious stuff. I was reading the money mm-hmm. books. Mm-hmm. I was doing the affirmations. Mm-hmm. Like one of my mentors at the time said to me, you have to do wealth consciousness reading for three hours a day. Okay. Like seriously, that was like, she was a multimillionaire. That was her advice. It took so much time. Right. And I was like, it, just, it really, like, I just really don't feel that this is right. right. This can't be like the easiest, fastest way. So when I discovered energy work and I discovered that we hold all of these beliefs around and connected to money. And actually when we release the subconscious blocks, it's like, it's, it fast forwards. And I went from, when I started doing this work on myself, I went from an 8K month to the next month, a 16K month, and then the month after a 32K month. 
Mm-hmm. Now, it didn't keep doubling. Otherwise, that would be an awesome story. <laughs> I'd be at something billion by now. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but that, but that's, a, that's a very fast shift, you know, to, to double and then double. I mean, that really is an indicator that something very fundamental happened at an energy level. So, I mean, that I think that, that really says a lot about the power of energy work. And I think a lot of times people, you know, may not fully understand when you talk about energy work. So I know you, I know you um, have brought something along a free gift that we always ask all of our guests to provide something. So why don't you share with people, this is going to be on the episode page everybody and you'll be able to have that but I really want people to get this and then I'd love to have you come back and do you know like an energy clearing for everybody and I think that would really set the stage will give people an opportunity to begin to start making those shifts now so why don't you tell us a little bit about that gift that you have provided so connecting it to what I was just saying is the reason that that doubled so quick was because of this unconscious energy work I was mm-hmm. doing. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm going to give you as a gift. Oh, a taste awesome. of that. Yes. Um, because be that's fantastic. when I realized like, oh my gosh. And I know that happened to get my attention. Mm-hmm. I know that that had to be that dramatic to go, yes. look, Polly, look, this is the answer. Not reading all those books, not doing all those affirmations. The universe had to like really get my attention. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise I would have not, I would have ignored it. And so that led to me training to understand more about these blocks. It led to me working one-on-one for a long time with clients and then leading people in groups. And so what I did was start to discover the power of this work. And that's what I've got for your listeners. So I've got a worksheet and then I've got an energy claim for them to experience mm-hmm. the power of the work. And it's something that's experiential. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know um, if you feel a shift for sure. Is this something people can do every day? Is it something they do, you know, one time? Yeah, how I mean, do I have utilize it. Yeah, with I'm, I'm giving away one free clearing, but I have programs with multiple mm-hmm. clearings. I have live programs. We have different offerings. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I always say to people is try it and see if you feel a shift. Do you notice things change? Um, do you observe changes after? And if you do, then you know that this work um, is going to be of value to you. Fantastic. Um, so I had um, I've one of my meditations, my success meditation, when I first put it out, somebody wrote and said to me, I've just had my first 10K month. And I know 100% it was connected to listening to that every morning. No, and I was like, good. wow, I didn't realize it was that powerful. Yeah, I would say if, if that is something that you feel is, um, you've already heard the feedback that that's helpful, then that's something people can ask if they feel guided to do it every day or how often yeah. do they feel guided to do it, right? Like they really want to connect with their inner guidance. But I really know, and I, I love the fact that, you know, just um, a small shift energetically can make a big, huge difference. I mean, and you were even saying, I mean, but just even a small shift. So just start to listen to this um, um, uh, meditation that uh, energy clearing w- w- activation whatever whatever you want to see it for yourself that Polly is offering and just kind of I would say watch for the small things right watch for the small mm-hmm. subtle signs of of things shifting and then 
you know, listen to it again and again, and just keep noticing what's happening in your body. Keep noticing, you know, the smaller things. I know that everyone wants the big, huge, you know, okay, the $10,000, the, you know, the double month, but it will happen in, in um, smaller ways first, right? You'll start to experience smaller things first. And then there's this uh, momentum that happens. Is that accurate? Um, it depends from person to person. But what I always say is that the inner shifts happen first before right. exactly. it's mirrored on the outside. Right. Um, so exactly as you said, it's like, how do you feel? Does it make you feel good? Do you notice your fear decreases or your anxiety decreases? Um, you know, do you maybe start to find that people are a bit more generous to you? Or you mm. manifest a free offer of help? Or you find some a penny on the ground, things right. like that. Little yeah, signs exactly. from the universe. Or you just, you know, I, I think too with energy work, you just all of a sudden feel more hopeful, and it and nothing has even changed really. Like on yeah. the outside, it doesn't look like anything's changed, but you just feel more hopeful because if you can just activate more of that feeling of hope, and 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 people will say, you know. Um, well, nothing's really changed. And I, it doesn't make any sense why I should feel hopeful because, you know, look at my bank balance or look at this or whatever, but I feel like something has changed. Something has shifted. So it's like, there's just that feeling. So I really want people to notice, as you said, the inside first, because the changes happen first on the inside, then they start to happen and out picture in the outer experience. So um, I'm just really, really grateful for the work that you're doing. It is on the episode page, everybody, on Polly's episode page that you can get that. I really encourage you to go and get that and start with that because we are definitely going to have Polly back and she's going to do some, a group uh, channeling, um, energy clearing, and that, that'll be a way to start and really amplify your experience with that. So Polly, anything you want to say to folks in closing? I would just say that, you know, the possibility for abundance and living an abundant life is your divine birthright. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't manifested yet, it doesn't mean it's not possible. Mm -hmm. It just means that there's some old conditioning, other people's stuff to release from you. And there's a greater level of ownership of your gifts to come into being or greater level of discovery. And you go down those two paths, the letting go and the uncovering and believing in yourself and the abundant life that you picture and dream of that can absolutely be yours. And, and I, I love that, you know, no matter what's happened in the past, you know, no matter what kind of experiences people have had, I want them to really think like they're just starting new. Like today is the first day, right? Because you're here for a reason. You're listening to this for a reason. There's no accident you're listening to this. So go to the episode page, get Polly's gift and just start. Just, just think of this as it's new. It doesn't matter what's happened in the past. And that's really a lot of the freedom of your, your work is that it doesn't matter what's happened in the past to you or your ancestors or anything. You know, it can be rewritten. The story can be rewritten. You can create a new story, which I love. It really create this beautiful life that you really are standing for, for everyone and holding that vision for everyone. So I'm just so appreciative of you and your service and your light. And we will definitely have you back on. So we appreciate you. Thank you, Sharon. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you for the energetic conversation. Absolutely. And everybody, we'll see you back here next time. We see you living lives of love and joy and peace 
and health and prosperity in all ways, always. See you back here next time, everybody. You hate selling, yet love to be of service. In my free masterclass, you will discover three soulful secrets to client conversations that feel joyful, easy, and fun. Using these secrets, one of my clients made $8,000 in one week, and another client made $100,000 in less than six months. Register now at www.coachingfromspirit.com masterclass.